Welcome back to That Sounds Like a Plan. I'm your host, Alicia Barga. This is the podcast where we talk about all things related to nonprofit fundraising events. Finding the best date for your event. It's a question I get frequently, and it's one that gets planning teams really hung up. Sometimes they get stuck on picking a date because they're overthinking it. Sometimes it's just not knowing where to start. We're going to go through all of this in this episode of That Sounds Like a Plan. I want to start by saying there is no mystical, magical, perfect date for your event. However, you can find the best date after taking into account multiple factors. Well, six factors to be exact. It's these factors I want to focus on in this episode. I want to make sure you're taking into account everything you need to in order to find the best dates for your circumstances. Hopefully you caught that little S at the end of the word date. I'm going to help you narrow down the best dates for your event, plural. I don't want you to get your heart set on one particular date and have it fall through. For the action item at the end of this episode, you're going to narrow down your four to six ideal dates, so stay tuned for that. One thing I want to emphasize, don't stress over this. The idea is to look at each of these factors individually, and hopefully the best dates align with all of these factors, sort of like a Venn diagram. So let's dive into the six factors to consider in order to find the best dates for your event. The first factor is your organizational calendar. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say many times that every event-related decision should be made with your target audience in mind. This is especially true for your event date. Your target audience is usually the starting point for everything. However, in this instance, I'm starting with your organization first, because it doesn't matter if a certain date works great for your audience if your organization has something else going on that day or that week. You especially don't want, want to have another fundraising event or fundraising campaign close together. There are organizations that have multiple fundraising events per year, but these are typically larger organizations that have a large pool of staff and volunteers that they can call upon to carry out these events and a variety of supporters in their donor pool where they're creating targeted events for each audience. For small nonprofits, donor and volunteer pools tend to be smaller, and you don't want to overtax the lifeblood of your organization by asking them to donate, volunteer, or both over and over again. When you look at your organizational calendar, you want to start by using the process of elimination. Look at the dates that don't work for your event and write them down. Don't forget about national fundraising initiatives too, such as Giving Tuesday. You want to make sure that you don't have any big event on the calendar that could conflict, but you definitely want to avoid times when you have another fundraising event or campaign schedule. scheduled. From there, you will determine the seasons, months, or weeks that do work. Next factor is your target audience. So here we go. Now we're looking at the target audience. The audience makeup and size are going to impact your event date. If you have a particularly large audience, you're going to be limited to certain venues, which then may limit your date. We're going to talk about venues in a bit, so let's talk about how the makeup of your audience can affect the date of your event. I'll give you a few examples. In Minnesota, 
where I am, we have a lot of snowbirds. These are retired people that spend the winter months in warmer climates. Now, if a significant portion of my audience are snowbirds, I definitely don't want to plan an event in January or December, so I can cross those months off my list. If your target audience is CPAs or tax accountants, you obviously don't want to plan an event for late March or early April because you're going to be talking to an empty room. When I've worked with clients whose target audiences are families or parents, I always advise them to avoid the month of May. My daughters are grown now, but I remember those days when they were in school and May was just absolutely chaotic. So if that's your target audience, um, avoid May. Now these are all pretty obvious examples, but if you don't know your target audience well, or it's not obvious what time of year or which months work best for your audience, this is a fantastic opportunity to get to know them. If you haven't listened to episode number one of my podcast, it's called, Are You Planning Your Event Backwards?, I suggest you check it out. Now, don't forget to factor in holidays or calendar events that are important to your audience. For instance, if you have a politically active audience, you want to avoid late October, early November in election years. Or on the flip side, if your event is to promote a politically motivated cause, election season might be great for for that audience. The third factor is the location and type of event. And I'm lumping these factors together because they are very much intertwined. There are certain times of year that make sense depending on the location and the type of event. Again, in Minnesota, we're not hosting golf tournaments November through early May. If the event I'm hosting is in southern Texas or Florida, it's possible that the that the opposite is true, that I'm not hosting, that I am hosting golf events in that time frame, but maybe I'm not hosting them in the summer months like I am here in Minnesota because it's just way too hot. If you're planning an event in a city or state that's unfamiliar, get to know the norms or best practices for that area. Don't take forget to take into account the type of event you're hosting. So if it's an outdoor event, Does that type of event lend itself to certain seasons or months based on your location or on the location where you're hosting the event? The fourth factor is purpose, the purpose of your event. And the purpose of your event is another factor that's related to the type of event you're hosting and your target audience. It's something you'll want to take into account. For example, if your target audience is teachers, The summer months may or may not be the best time to host an event for them. It depends on the purpose of the event. We might assume that summer months are a great time to host an event where teachers are the target audience because they have summers off. But in my experience, if it's a school-related function, teachers are totally checked out from anything that's school-related during their time off. They're just trying to enjoy their summer break. On the flip side, if you're hosting an event that's geared to teachers, but the purpose has nothing to do with school, maybe it's an event that focuses on creating healthy habits for teachers. So summer might be a great time because they'll have time to create and implement those habits before the school year starts. So keep in mind the purpose of your event. How does that work with your target audience? And how will the purpose affect the date of your event? Factor number five is 
your competition. Research your top competitors to see the types of events they're hosting and the dates. If you have similar target markets, you don't want to book a venue or get too far down the road planning an event only to find out that your competitor has an event the same week or worse, the same day. There are going to be seasons where there are 5Ks or galas every single week. You may not be able to avoid every other gala or 5K or whatever your type of event is. So make sure you're focused on the most direct competitors for your target audience. Alrighty, the last factor, number six, it's actually two factors, is venue and price. This is the most obvious factor that's going to help determine the best day for your event. It's the availability of the venue or venues that fit your budget. As I mentioned earlier, if you have a large audience and are planning an event in a time of year where finding a venue can be tricky, like maybe wedding season, sometimes it's not about finding the best the best date. Sometimes it's the only date. If it works for your target audience, booking a venue in an off-season or on a weekday is going to give you a lot more options and it's a great way to save some money. Alrighty, for today's listener action item, I want you to head to thatsoundslikeaplan.net and go to episode number eight, finding the best date for your event. You'll find the link to a free download that includes a chart of all these factors. I walk you through the process of looking at all these factors, starting broadly with seasons and months and then narrowing it down to weeks and dates that you can then bring to your venue and ask to ask about pricing and availability. I walk you through the whole process. If you know of someone that is struggling to find the best day or dates for their event, I would love it if you would share this episode with them. Thanks so much. Have a great week.